some of the uh, kings uh, that are after the kingdom divided. We had Jeroboam and Rehoboam, we've considered them at length, and now we're seeing the follow-up with some of the, uh, their descendants. So, uh, 15, 1 to 7. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijah became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Mekah, the daughter of Abishalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. Okay, so Abijam is Rehoboam's son, who's reigning in Jerusalem. Um... And that's kind of, uh, we kind of have to keep things straight here, because who else had a son named Abijah or Abijam? Jeroboam. Jeroboam. And did he reign? No. What did he do? Died. Died. And we've also got the prophet, and what was his name? Ahijah. So we've got Ahijah the prophet, we've got Abijah or Abijam, it's the same thing, that are both sons of Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Jeroboam's son, Abijah, dies. Rehoboam's son becomes king in his place. What kind? What was, would be the analysis of his reign? How was it? Bad. Yeah, he was not like David. David, which is kind of the standard by which kings in Judah are measured. And uh, he was not. Uh, why wasn't he? What was his problem? Same as his father, apparently. Yeah, which All was... The sins of his father, which would be the sins. Yeah, and what caused him to walk in those sins? Not being wholly devoted to God. Yeah, in his heart. You know, the heart determines your walk. And when his heart wasn't devoted to God, then he didn't walk in the way of God. And yet God continued to maintain the Davidic line in Judah for David's sake. Because David had done what was right, of course, with the exception of all that happened with Uriah. So God blessed the unworthy descendants because of the worthiness of David. And uh, there was, he says, the rest of the acts of Abijah, you know, if you're curious to know more, you can look at the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. This is not our book of Chronicles, but this is, you know, some court record, probably, of the Judah kings. So he refers to the curious reader to that source of information. And that's what we've got in Kings about Abijah. There is more in 2 Chronicles 13 about Abijah. Um, but nothing that changes what he says here, just adds some more details, particularly about some of the war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Comments or questions? Who was Abijah's mother, Abijah's mother? Yeah. Um, Mekah, the daughter of Abishalom, was his, probably his mother. She actually was queen mother in Asa's reign, but probably she was Abijah's mother, Asa's grandmother. There's some question about that, uh, but they didn't have separate words for mother and grandmother.
And Chronicle says it was the daughter of Absalom. Uh, yeah, you've got here Abishalom. Right, which, does that mean anything? I'm not sure that it does. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is the same as David's son, Absalom or Abishalom. Um, so, I can't really tell you anything about that. I was more thinking about the fact that Mecca is the queen mother that Asa deposed. You'll see that in verse 13. And I'm assuming, you know, the grandmother in that, in that case. All right, how about 8 to 24? And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son became king in his place. So in the 20th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Asa began, began to reign as king of Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Mekah, the daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all the idols which his fathers had made. He also removed Maacah, his mother, from being queen mother because she had made a horrid image as an Asherah. And Asa cut down her horrid image and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. He brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things of his father and his own dedicated things, silver and gold and utensils. Now there was war between Asa and Baasha king of Israel all their days. Baasha king of Israel went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold which were left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house and delivered them into the hands of his servant. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabramon, the son of Hezion, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Go, break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the commanders of his army against the cities of Israel and conquered Ejon, Dan, Abel-Beth-Makkah, and all Shinaroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. It came about when Baasha heard of it that he ceased fortifying Ramah and remained in Tirzah. Then King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Baasha had built, and King Asa built with them Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. Now the, acts of, now the rest of all the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did and the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age he was deceased, sick in his... <laughs> <laughs> And Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. All right. So we've got Asa, who reigned for 41 years. Now, you know what that means? 
He reigns during the reigns of all kinds of kings of Israel because they don't reign nearly that long. I believe he have had saw eight different kings of Israel on the throne during his reign. So, you know, he outlasts a whole bunch of them. And um, what was his reign like as a whole? Good. It was good, like David. And what were some of the good things about it? Got rid of a few of the worship things, the idols and the prostitutes and the Asherah. Yeah. His mother. Yeah. I mean, that really shows you something. When he opposes the queen mother, we think his grandmother, and, and deposes her uh, because she had made this you know, abominable, idolatrous image. I mean, you know, it's very common for people to be death on sin with anybody except their own relatives. <laughs> you know, but let it be their own kids or their own parents or whatever, and suddenly the standard shifts. And, you know, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna say anything about that or do anything about that. But there are no pampered exceptions in Ace's purge of idolatry. Uh, which I think speaks really well of him. Do you remember anybody else who was a leader of God's people who had to oppose uh, parental figures in their idolatry? Gideon. Gideon, yeah. You know, kind of reminds you what he did. You know, he tore down that altar uh, that, that his father had. So, I mean, that's part of serving the Lord. You put him above your family. So I think that's just very encouraging to see that that attitude on uh, Ace's part here. And uh, the high places weren't taken away, but I gather it wasn't Ace's fault. You know, it, it appears that he was devoted to the Lord, even though the high places weren't taken away. I assume these high places would have been high places where they worshiped the Lord. They weren't supposed to have high places to worship the Lord after the temple came into effect and Jerusalem was the city that was chosen, but I assume it's not idols or idol gods they're worshiping, just wrong places to worship the Lord. Comments and thoughts through verse 15. Where do you get the gold back from? Well, you know. They took it all. I mean, I'm assuming he gets gold. You know, he brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things and his own dedicated. So I'm assuming he you know, they needed more gold and silver stuff, and so he provides it. Since, uh, who had taken the gold and silver stuff? Um, whoever came. Yeah, who came? Um, who was that? What was, he the, what was he the king of? Egypt. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Pharaoh, <laughs> yeah. That's always a good guess when the kings of Egypt are involved. How about Shishak? Shishak. Him. Yeah. Calling Shishak. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, I think he was more like Peshach. So this is the third king of Israel. That's correct. Took third no, king third of Judah. Third king of Judah. Right. And still just one king so far in Israel. That we yeah. learned about. Right, but when he started, they were still on the first right. king. So, right, right. Yeah, and now he overlaps others and right. he starts talking about exactly. a king of Israel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it starts talking about Beja, king of Israel, before we've been introduced to Beja. Yeah, but I mean, how in the world are you going to tell a story... If you don't do it this way, you're going to have to bring down one side for a while and then the other side for a while. If you try to do it strictly chronologically, it's going to be the biggest jumbled mess you've ever thought of. We do that when we tell stories just about everyday life events. 
if they're going on at two different locations at the same time, you tell about what happened in one place, and then you go back and tell about what happened in the other place, and you know, you kind of bring it up to date. You don't just do strictly chronological because it's just going to be confusing. So it's the way you have to tell a story, but there's some confusion in this because it means every once in a while you're drawing in a character before you've really presented it. Them clear as mud. Uh, so we've got this war with between Asa and Basha. This is First Kings fifteen sixteen uh, and following. And Basha is taking the border city Ramah and fortifying it. Now, why? Immigration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is uh, trying to stop illegal emigration, or at least emigration that he doesn't want. In other words, people are leaving Israel and going down to Judah, and he's trying to fortify the border city to keep them from doing that. Kind of like the Iron Curtain, you know, almost. That concept, you know, you're trying to keep your people in. <laughs> you know, we're trying not to let other people in. But, uh, so, but, but also, Ramah was really close to Jerusalem. Four miles, according yeah. to this note. So what do you think when your uh, arch enemy is fortifying the city about four miles from your capital? That would be kind of harrowing. I would be thinking, okay, when are they going to try to invade? Yeah. This is a nice foothold for them. And as far as I know, that wasn't the plan, but who's to say? You know, and certainly who's for Asa to trust that that's not what they're going to do? And so he's got a problem. And what's his solution? Bribery. <laughs> sort of. He makes Mercy an alliance with somebody else to attack them on the other side. Exactly. You know, strategically, tactically, it's a pretty good idea. You know, he makes an alliance up there with Aram, Syria, and says, hey, can you invade from the north? And they're going to have to withdraw from this fortification on the south to meet you guys. And, uh, you know, that sort of gives Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, carte blanche to invade Israel and claim whatever territory he wants to. After all, he's made this alliance with Judah. And what does Asa seal the alliance with? More gold. The gold that he just put in. Yeah. So he does to the temple and the palace what Shishak has done. <laughs> he takes it away and gives it to another king. Uh, in this case, uh, Ben-Hadad. They have a hard time with that gold and silver in the, uh, silver in the temple. It uh, comes in too handy every once in a while. Uh, how does this work, though? For the moment, it works pretty well. It works well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly what uh, he was hoping for. Uh, Ben-Hadad, you know, invaded, and Beish has to withdraw, and they're able then go up to Ramah and dismantle the fortifications, and that's that. Um, so, what do you think about Asa, you know, using this strategy? Pretty shallow if you... Uh are confident in your alliance that you paid for, <laughs> that you paid enough to get them to break their alliance with the other country. So what is your guarantee then in the future of them not paying more money to break the, you know... Alliance to the highest bidder. Right. Yeah. Good point. So that well, leaves you pause. Gives well, you pause. And, and then also kind of knowing how this same scenario keeps being played out over yeah. and over again and in the future, and how it's shown to be a mistrust of God. Because? 
Because God has established Judah and said, you know, you're going to be around for a while. And they're supposed to be putting their trust in God as their defender and protector and, and all of that. And instead they're, you know, leaning on a splintering reed like Egypt or somebody else. And I seem to recall that's not in the, the manual. Uh, that was wrong. Yeah, they weren't supposed to make covenants with those nations. And it was also, according to Second Chronicles 14 to 16, it was not the way Asa acted previously. There was a time in Second Chronicles 14 when Zebra the Ethiopian came to face him with a million-man army, and Asa only had a little over a half a million troops of his own, and he just turned to the Lord and begged for help. He said, there's nobody else who can help in the battle between the strong and the ones who have no strength, so help us, Lord. That's what he said in Second Chronicles 14, 11. And the Lord routed the Ethiopians. It worked. I mean, God answered his prayer. And so you wonder, how do you trust in the Lord? And he answers the prayer, and he gives you the victory. And then you turn around some years later, and with, in some ways, what probably was a less significant threat, at least I don't think Basha has a million men in his army, you know, and you panic, and you go up to, to make the alliance with Aram. Jason? Could it be the proximity to Jerusalem that was part of the reason he... That could be, and of course, wow, can you imagine just four miles away from the capital? <laughs> that would seem pretty unnerving. But you know... I mean, don't we have moments where we trust and then we'll turn right around? And even though the Lord's been there for us in the past, we seem to think, I don't know, we have more trust in something we can see than something we can't. And, and Hananiah the seer in Second Chronicles 16 rebukes Asa. You know what he did? Threw him in prison because he got rebuked for not trusting in God. And then he turned around and when he got disease in his feet, as we saw here, Chronicles mentions, he didn't even turn to the Lord then. He just turned to the doctors. So, this guy lost his faith. You know, I mean, you can start out well. And the tragedy is you can end badly. I mean, you know, we cannot think we've got it all together. Nothing's going to happen to us. You know, you just hear about and see people kind of right and left leaving the Lord. I mean, people who really surprise you because they have trust in the Lord in the past. So Ace is a good warning that we can't just rest on our prior faith. We've got to renew and, and keep alive that faith. And, and it's also a good lesson in the fact that something works doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's working all that well. I mean... You know, what, what works for the moment may, may blow up in your face sometime later. So, you know, we're much better off doing things God's way. Comments? It looks like from Chronicles that this second war happened in the 36th year of his reign. So it's, it's like in the... We, d we don't really know when the Ethiopian incursion occurred. But I'm wondering if something like what happened with Solomon happened here, that in his old age, or older age, or whatever, things and started... It may well be. You have also some challenges with the numbers. And... Um, it's Hebrew, of course, there are challenges Well, there's, there's several issues with the numbers, especially for the lengths of the reigns. One issue is, I'm not sure it so much comes into play right here, 
But it is an issue sometimes. You've got co-regencies. Remember how David appointed Solomon before David died? So Solomon was king, and then he was king, you know, when David died. So, you know, do you count him as king when he's appointed by David or when David dies? Well, yeah, either way would work. And so you've got some of those issues that come into play. You have a few minor issues like the Babylonian and the Israel calendars were different as far as when the year started and there was accession year dating and non-accession year dating. Some of those things varied by a year or two. Um, you also got the problem with the transmission of numbers in the copying of the Hebrew and all that means there are, you start trying to follow these and write them down and you're going to say, whoa, something's wrong here. Now there is an excellent book on that that's old, but it's really good. It makes one mistake in my judgment, but overall it's really good and really readable for what it does is the mysterious numbers of the Hebrew kings by Thiele. I think it was written back in the 60s, but it's really good. It's really, it's probably only 200 pages and it's written in a way you could understand it. Uh, and he just goes through and he deals with the numbers and he explains what the problems are and how he dealt with them and what he determined the dates to be and why. It's very helpful. You can kind of see how he reasons through it. He's wrong on the starting of Hezekiah's reign. There's a co-regency that he did not recognize. But otherwise, I think his dates are pretty close, uh, pretty helpful. And it does kind of work through some of these problems. I'm not going to try to do that for the most part here, um, partially because I'd have to go back and reread some of those things to even remember what the issues are and how to resolve them. Uh, but there are there's a lot of good sources that just show you a table of the kings. Um, those, uh, those um, what do they call them? Chronological charts of the Old Testament. That's a really good spiral-bound notebook that has all kinds of really good charts. It's probably a hundred charts in there, or maybe not quite. And uh, it has a really well laid out chart of the kings of Israel and Judah. So, whatever that's worth. Anything else uh, on Asa? Was the border always that close? Well, Jerusalem was practically a border city. You know, it was right, it was up in the north of the Judah-Benjamin alliance. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was kind of, in some sense, an unfortunate place for the capital after the kingdom split. It was a good place for the capital before it split because it was kind of like on the dividing line between north and south. But when the north secedes, then it's away in the north of the south. <laughs> Kind of like how Washington, D.C. is not in Wyoming. It's on the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> it was the middle of everything when it was yeah. I got you. Okay. Built. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to imagine Washington and Wyoming. But <laughs> I'm saying it only more appropriate for it to be in the middle of the continent right. instead of on the edge of the continent. Right, I got you. But... We could, we could, could put it in Oklahoma and that one town that keeps getting hit by it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Delete that. Please. <laughs> All right, anything else on Asa or towns in Oklahoma? Well, we're now going to follow kings of Israel, and we got several to catch up on. So... Chapter 15, 25 to 31. Now, Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, king of Judah. And he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and in his 
Sin, which he made Israel's sin. Then Beisha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him. And Beisha struck him down at Gibeon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibeon. So Beisha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, and he reigned in his place. It came about as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam. He did not leave to Jeroboam any persons alive until he had destroyed them. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Ahijah the Seolonite, and because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he made Israel, Israel sin, because of the, because of his provocation with which he provoked the Lord of God Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So, when Jeroboam died, who became king? Nadab, his son, for how long? Two years. Two years? How was his kingship? Short. Short and? Bad. Bad. And uh, why was it short? It was bad. It was some other evil. <laughs> yeah. The next guy was eviler. Yeah. Basha conspired against him, strikes him uh, while they are besieging the Philistine city of Gibbethon. Uh, we'll come back to that a little later. And uh, so he, Basha, wiped out the whole family of Jeroboam and Nadab, according to whose prophecy? Ahijah, yeah, speaking for the Lord. And uh, so um, that's, that's Basha, uh, taking over and, and destroying Nadab's uh, uh, family. And so he just reigns two years, and that's that. Not a lot to say about a two-year reign, uh, but it wasn't good. Comments and thoughts? So that's another one of those where it appears it was barely over a year. May have been, yes. Started in the second year and ended in the third year. Right. Of the other king. That's another thing, you know, they do it, they count stuff in the Bible, <laughs> counting beginning and ending years usually. Now, there were some times that they used non-accession year dating, and that's more like ours. But it's, I've used the illustration several times. It's just like they do in Brazil. They will talk about, uh, I remember one congregation that I was at when I was, lived there. They have a singing every 15, every 15 nights, every, you know, once every 15 days. Every other week. But every 15 days. Hmm. No, we would say every 14 days. Yeah. But they would... Definitely say every 15 days. It's every other week. Because they count the day you're on and the day you end on. Which is how I did it as a little kid. It, all, it took me a while as a little kid to realize, no, you can't count the starting day. You count the next day. That's, that's the one day. It's all about how you think of it. You know, but that's how they do it in Brazil. So it depends on your culture, how you you know, state it. Obviously, the same length of time, no matter what you call it. But uh, but for us, it would be 14, and for them, it's 15. So you've got those things in the Bible in a lot of passages where they're counting beginning and ending day, and so we would reduce it by one if we were saying how long it was, or beginning and ending year, or whatever. Hmm. 
Hmm. All right. Uh, 32 to 16, 7. Now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Basha, the son of Ahijah, became king over all Israel at 